0: When I say I wrote it to myself, I really mean there were times in that book when I was wagging that finger at myself going, this is what you should be doing. You need to read this stuff and not only read it and write it, but practise it. Don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Welcome to the My
1: Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nuskey here. I hope you're doing well, no matter where you are in this wide, wonderful world of ours. Now on today's show, I'm with the wonderful John Jack. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, great pleasure to be here, Rick. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's absolutely my pleasure. Now, for everybody who uh, is on the call with us today, this is going to be a wonderful treat in, um, in how to live life, how to write books, just so much is going to be uh, shared on today's show. But um, before we do that, John, I think what's going to be important is to provide just a little bit of context aside from the book, which is going to be the main focus of today's call, in terms of who you are, your background, and how it was that you came to write this wonderful book.
0: Gosh, um, sure. Okay, well, I. The condensed um... version. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the year uh, 1900. No. Uh, <laughs> Oh, i me too. Um, <laughs> i feel like it some days right oh yeah um, i am um, i'm i'm an actor by trade i um sort of you know my my mother was a writer so i I'd, I'd been around writing and and um and and words in one form or another whether it be the the written word of my mother or the spoken word of my own profession all of my life really and so um you know writing a book was something that kind of It didn't phase me it didn't really worry me in terms of um you know the the sort of the the geography of doing it because i'd grown up with a mother that was always scribbling away you know and and you know she was always having to send away manuscripts and and um her poetry and all sorts of things all over the world so so uh, you know from just being a wee boy a, like a toddler, you know. I, I'd been yeah. used to seeing this kind of thing, you know. So, um, and the wonderful thing about my mother was that she'd written. Uh, she she was a, a poet, a, a, a Christian poet. It well, doesn't sound like the kind of thing you could be very successful in, but <laughs> she was. Yeah. And um and she was sort of published on both sides of the Atlantic, I believe. But um she wrote in the most wonderful iambic pentameter. You know, there was a rhythm to her writing. And looking back, it's the same meter that Shakespeare uses. So it's very little wonder that I became an actor when I grew up, because it's the same rhythm that that, that Shakespeare and lots of other classic writers use for the stage, you know? So, so yeah, so I'm an actor. And um, I, you know, this book came out of a period of my life where I'd gone through some tough stuff. And um, it was, I think, you know, we were talking just before we went live and I'd said, you know, this was something that I wrote for myself, sort of to myself and, yeah, um, and yeah. during this crisis, I've come very close to publishing it several times in the last sort of 10 years and always kind of shied away from it, it for various reasons. One of them, because it felt a bit too personal actually, um, even though it's not really in any way autobiographical, but but the stuff in there is, is kind of the stuff that I've dealt with in my life, you know? But coronavirus came along, we all went into lockdown and I thought if ever the world needs a book like this it's now so so you know here it is and You've been kind enough to read it and I hope other people will as well.
1: Oh, it's, it was a wonderful read. In fact, I, I, I became quite emotional throughout different sections of it. And I I also felt like you were talking directly to me. So I think in that, John, is where the power lies. How was it that you came to this is just you can tell that you've had experience in writing through your 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 mother and um, of which I know you you love dearly. Um, w- it was obvious to me that the, the words flew off the pen. Was it easy to write, even though there was some tough stuff in there?
0: I think that's a really interesting observation, Rick. They really did flow off the pen. Um, my mother used to talk about and you know, she was a very religious woman and she used to talk about um, because she was very talented and I used to get really angry with her because <laughs> she wouldn't take any credit for it. She used to say, no, no, you know, I just get to hold the pen. and, and you know, the, the 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 divine inspiration comes through and it's not really my words. And I used to get angry with her because I used to say, come on, you know, you're really talented and you're doing this stuff and you know, why don't you take some credit? In writing this book, I kind of got an insight into what she was talking about because it really did flow. And there were times when I genuinely felt like I was tapping into something which was not just of me. And that sounds um maybe grander than i than i mean it to sound i Mm -hmm. I mean that in in the most humble way possible i really do um but there were times when i would read back what i'd written and go gosh you know that i I, this is new to me you know and yet it came out of it came out of my pen yeah and in those days it was analog you know when i was i I used to write that book longhand in jotters and and notebooks around the cafes of soho in london where i lived at the time Uh um so you know it, it really it's a really interesting observation that because that was an observation that I had myself um, on many occasions when I would read it back and kind of go, God, where did I get that from? I had absolutely no idea where that came from, you know. <laughs> um, so it's interesting, that, and I do kind of, I do wonder if there is a kind of a a deeper wisdom that we hold within us that that we that we kind of have forgotten how to tap into, you know. Yeah. And um, and something, whether it be the. The situations that i was facing at the time or, or there was you know, perhaps an element of desperation there they call it the gift of desperation i don't know what it was but something maybe allowed me to tap into something deeper because i do think we know all this stuff i do but i, I think we've kind of forgotten it you know mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and i think through the eons of time and as we go from generation to generation john we seem to either suppress like you say or forget like you say um, all of our wisdom and that's what mm-hmm. i took from this book was that It's a book full of wisdom and you seem to have an abundance of it. And at the end of it, one of the things that I noticed and it really hit a chord with me, struck a chord, was that life is fleeting. Absolutely when we're we're standing there in our younger yeah our younger clothes as it were as young individuals we think we have all the time in the world what would you say to uh, I guess in a roundabout way to unwrap this book what would you say to young people who think that you know they have forever
0: I put pen to paper on this book when I was 29 um, and I published it when I was, well, I am forty, mm-hmm. and looking back at the first time that I set pen to paper on that book, it seems like a, a heartbeat ago. I mean, it really does. Yeah, um, and I think from from the, the the sort of the aspect of someone who's because it's been very interesting publishing this as as a as a quite considerably older person who wrote it. Um, and looking back at some of this stuff, and yes, there was some stuff that I took out, um, and there was some editing that went on. But ninety, ninety eight percent, ninety eight point five percent of what's in there has remained true. And I went through that with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Um, uh, before I, I put it out with, with an editor before I, I, I put it out to publish, and um, you know, looking at this stuff and going, "Gosh, you know, this is universal." I do feel the same way about this. Eleven years. On from writing it as I did um, when I wrote it, and I think that sense of you know it's that wonderful the the, um, the Victorians and their predecessors. We kind of lost it after the Victorian era, but they used to have that thing of memento um, mori, remember death, you mm-hmm. know. And that sounds terribly grim, but it is a it, you know without wishing to be morbid, it's a fact. You know, we, we are on a very short journey here um, yeah. in life, and and you know from what we've seen over recent months. It can be a lot shorter than we expect it to be, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and our ancestors, and I mean our quite recent ancestors, Rick, were yeah. not ashamed, they weren't disgusted, they weren't in any way freaked out by the idea of memento mori. if anything. It, it, you know, they, they used to have it on pendants, they would have it in and in, in, in around, the in and around their churches, but on occasions they would have it in their house because it would remind them, first of all, be decent people. Um, but secondly, it would remind them to make the most of each day because there will come a time when those days will will run out, you know? So I think for me, this whole crisis has been an exercise in redoubling as a, as a human being. And um, I, you know, I, I do think there's a level of social trauma involved and I do think that's something we'll have to deal with. The Piper will need to be paid for this oh, emotionally yeah. on a global scale further down the line. But for now, we're still in survival mode. But what it's certainly done for me is it certainly made me far more aware of how fragile my existence is and, and those of other people, you know? And I, I think in the long run, that may not be a bad I think if anything positive comes out of this crisis, it may be that, you know, perhaps we take life a little bit more seriously than we have before. I think it's only in the last, not even 100 years, last 70, 70 years, that we've really had not to worry about diphtheria, polio, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of thing that would have been commonplace to our, not even our, our, our great-grandparents, but our grandparents would have known this stuff. You know, we've, in the West, we've known very little of war. We've known very little of starvation. We've been very spoilt, I feel, mm-hmm. um, in the West. We've lived a very safe, secure... Cradle to grave healthcare, sort of life. I understand not everyone gets it for free. I live in the UK, yeah. but what the point is? The point is that the the medical knowledge is there, you know. Um, and so this virus, if it's if it's done anything positive, it may be to remind us that, that that's something that is a privilege, not a it's not a guarantee, you know. Absolutely. And um, you know, I, I'm certainly a lot more grateful for what I've got than I think perhaps I was at the beginning of this.
1: You know, you wake up of a morning, and you know this is gives you a renewed, I guess, uh, view on, or perspective on life. If you get Absolutely. to, if you get to see the sunlight, you get to hear the birds chirping and take in a, and a breath of fresh air. That Absolutely. there's something to be, there has to be something to be said for that, doesn't
0: there? And I don't know about you, Rick, but it certainly, it's made me very grateful for my home. You know, I have a, I'm very lucky. I have a lovely home, and I don't know that I. I perhaps appreciated it um, the way that I do now that, that, you know, we're we're kind of all forced to spend and have been forced to spend so much time in our homes recently and I've become much more grateful for a safe and a, and a nice and a comfortable place to, to live. And that's very basic stuff. But I think, you know, for me, it's it's given me a lot of joy to get back to basics and, 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 and you know, kind of look around and, and feel safe and use my kitchen because I've got more time now and, yes. and be able to do those odd jobs around the house. You know, and take <laughs> joy in it. <getting> yeah. Pleasure. <laughs> Just the basic things, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: so Absolutely. I'd love to, uh, you know, just go back a little bit on your acting career. I don't want to talk about it directly, but I want to talk about it in the context, John, of um, how it's shaped your life. And now, uh, you, because at that time, before the pandemic hit and you were very busy, time hmm. flew by. Before you know it, you woke up and next thing you know, you were going to bed. How do you take steps just to slow down? I um
0: <clears throat> and how important things, is it? Like, uh, for me it's very important because I'm quite I'm quite a driven, highly strung person. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of energy within me. There always has been. Um I've sort of got, you know, sort of ants in my pants as we say in this country, <laughs> you know. Um and I and I and I I will often um years and years ago I had a flatmate. She was a landlady, actually, when I lived in London years ago. But we were like flatmates. And she used to say to me, you know, you came in last night after a hard week and you said, you know, tomorrow you're going to sit down with the Sunday papers and you're going to have your coffee in the conservatory and you're just going to sit there all day. And she said, within five minutes, you've made four phone calls. You've gotten ready. You've ran out to the shops. You've come back. You've done this, that, and the other. Yeah. So I'm not a person who naturally relaxes very well. And if anything, this crisis has forced me to sort of, stop I mean I think it's brought its own exhaustion with it, mental exhaustion. Mm-hmm. There, there was a point where I stopped listening to the, the the news because I was making my morning eggs to the daily death toll and that's not healthy. You know oh, so no. you know you you have to sort of take a step back from that. But but if anything it certainly has given me time to reflect. Um it's given me time to I'm 90 percent through the second volume of of this book um it's it's given me a a perspective to be able to do that but in terms of doing nothing in terms of simply relaxing um it's become clear to me that that my mental health is as important as my physical health and i never really perhaps for a long time have thought much about that you Mm -hmm. know but, but nothing will make you look at your mental health more than being surrounded by a daily death toll, you know, um, and, and governments who say, sorry guys, we don't know what to do about this and there is no cure, sorry, you know, yeah. nothing will affect your mental health and living no. with that, you know, on a day to day basis. So it's become important to me that um, that I take time out in nature. I live in. I no longer live in London. I live in Glasgow now, in Scotland, which is a beautiful city. And we're very lucky here. We have lots of beautiful parks and country walks around. And I've been really utilising that. I've done a lot of reading. Um, I've mm-hmm. taken more time to do that. Cooking, that's a great exercise in self-discipline, and, and <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's almost a meditative aspect to cooking. Oh, yeah. Um, which I've really enjoyed as well. Um, So it's, it's become clear to me that I'm a person who probably works better if I force myself to take a rest but i have to say it is something which i have to force myself to do rather force than yourself to, to
1: do now slow down <laughs> the spring Absolutely. will the spring will unwind in time <laughs> i i think about your, your you've talked about your mental health now i'm thinking about your physical health do you mm. do you find um that uh, i guess is i'm not sure the restrictions in your area but what about
0: your physical health are you are you're focused on that and how very much so you, you- to do my job, my, my well, the job I used to do before my my industry closed down, um, mm-hmm. you know, to be a to be a working actor, um, you need to be at pretty peak physical health. Particularly if you are a stage actor, you can get away a bit more on film and television with being a you know a bit more of a, uh, of, a of a of a less uh, you know sort of peak physical health person. Mm-hmm. But but in theatre, um, particularly, and I used to work a lot in the West End in London in shows like Phantom of the Opera and Shout and and that kind of thing. And they require you, you know, in Shout, I had 21 costume changes in a two-hour show. Oh, wow. Um, So it's, you know, you you need to be fit to do that kind of stuff. And you're doing it eight shows a week sometimes, you know. Um, And so it does require you to be fit to be healthy i go to the gym um i don't eat as well as i should because i'm scottish and therefore i have an inbuilt sweet tooth and uh, in fact i don't have a sweet tooth rick i have sweet teeth <laughs> um you know but um i you know I, I i do what i can and i walk a lot um i'm about to adopt a, a, a dog um a failed sheep dog fantastic and um he the, the those border collies are very intelligent very uh, you know, high energy dogs, so, oh, yeah. be um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of, an, and actually this process, I don't think I would have taken on a dog that needs this much effort and, and help. He's coming directly from a farm. Uh, he's oh. never been a high dog. You know, he's a year and a half old. And it's going to be a big challenge. And I wouldn't have had the time to do that had there not been for this lull. Um, so it's uh, there've been some positives in it for me, and I hope by the end of this I'll have a viable dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think what you should prepare for is some chewed bits and pieces around the home. Oh, too. I
0: think so, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, that's not so much the worry it's the potty training that's the worry oh about, you
1: know. yes oh, it'll all come in spades i'm sure now i'd love to if we could john is to uh, maybe spend some time if it's okay to unwrap each section of this book because Absolutely. there are sections on here like i mentioned earlier that drew out some deep emotions and one of the ones let's just start with the one on love because that made me think you know about how I've you know, When I was a younger man, I used to go out seeking someone that, it, that was of interest to me and I would actively pursue them and it would never work out. And I never knew, I never understood why. And you talk about this very um, scenario in the book. Just
0: talk us through some of these, these wonderful chapters. I think my, my I think my first response to that would be um, same for me, Rick. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that, I think what you've just described is what I did for 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 years. You yep. know, and and um, you know, people used to say to me, "Oh, you know, those well worn, uh, you know, sort of pithy epithets. You know, of, you know, <laughs> love comes when you least expect, expect it. it yeah. <laughs> the minute you stop looking, that's when it comes. You know, the kind of things that that you know, can make you want to sort of. Punch somebody in the face even the same, <laughs> um, and let's be honest, we've all thought that. Yeah. Um, but it happens to be true, and and over, uh, you know, I am, for some reason, I don't know why, Rick, I am one of these people, and maybe it's if there's any reason behind any of these things, maybe it's so that I can write about it for other people. But I seem to be one of these people. It's hardwired to learn things the hard way. I don't know how you feel about that, but mm-hmm. I, that's definitely true of me. And so I will. I will bash my head off that brick wall continuously until it kind of gets through that that thick skull that this isn't working and maybe I should try something else you know <laughs> and so um in in terms of that chapter that chapter came out of a lot of trial and error a lot of trial and error oh yeah and you know in terms of stuff like that um I can fall back into those patterns very very easily um, you know'm I'm, I'm in a, a lovely relationship at the moment and it's very nice but 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 you know further do- down the line should anything you know happen in, in in those quarters and it doesn't work out and i end up back on that scene again i may find myself very easily um you know sort of going down that that old path again of making those mistakes and i might have to read my own book own
1: um
0: <laughs> you know so it's so for me it's it's been a it's when I say I wrote it to myself, I really mean there were times in that book when I was wagging that finger at myself going, this is what you should be doing. You need to read this stuff and not only read it and write it, but practice it. Don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk, you know, um, and that that passage about love came very organically about the, you know, the the, the animals and the woods and, and, and sitting with your, your offerings and. I don't really know where the poetry of that came from. It's, it's p- perhaps a little bit reminiscent of, of Khalil Gibran or Rumi or something like that. But, you know, whatever it was that I was influenced by at the time. But it certainly came from a very, very profoundly deep place. And I knew it was true when I was writing it. And it still took me time after that to implement that stuff, even though I was writing it to myself, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but it was, you know, that and, and, and the stuff about, the, the recipe, you know where you it's all very well and good, you can do everything right, you know and you can uh, treat people properly and you can uh, you can approach relationships and love in, in, uh, in exactly the right way. But unless you can learn to love yourself, then you're likely to fall into um, patterns of behavior which are not conducive to successful and healthy. Relationships with other people, and and I I found quite a poetic way of saying that, but that's what it boils down to. You know, self love is you need to start with yourself. Um, it's a hackneyed old cliche, but it's absolutely true. Um, because if you cannot be true to yourself, um, if you cannot find that compassion and that respect and that compromise and and all of the stuff that makes relationships difficult but also wonderful, if you can't do that with yourself you have no chance of doing it with someone else successfully. In my experience, perhaps other people would disagree with me, but that's certainly been my experience time and time and time again, you know. There's
1: lots of good chapters throughout this book. I wonder for you personally, um, in reflection, which one had the most impact on you? I know Love's a very, very strong one, but was there one that particularly stood out for you?
0: There are a couple actually that really stood out for me. I, I, I loved from a... From a a creative writing point of view i loved writing um pride i loved retelling the story of the fall of lucifer um mm-hmm. and, and the, the drama uh, of that my father was a uh, my mother was a christian writer my father was a was a a pastor he was a pentecostal pastor so i grew up in the church and i really really enjoyed writing um uh, my own take uh, i hope um Theologically accurate as far as the traditions go. Mm-hmm. Uh, take on that that ancient story, but the drama of it and the and the uh, the power of it was was something that I not only enjoyed writing, but I, I really enjoy reading back as well. If I'm able to take any pleasure in my own writing, it's possibly in that chapter. Um, but in terms of what spoke to me, I remember um, I remember crying actually um, when my editor read back to me the chapter on gratitude and just how important to me gratitude has become because it's not my default setting mm-hmm. i'm not a naturally grateful person i'm not i'm a driven person i'm an ambitious person um, i exist in what is potentially the most mercurial and um, challenging and cutthroat industry in the world possibly yes um, with perhaps the exception of the financial industries, but um, you know so uh, my default setting isn 't always gratitude. my default setting is right what 's the next thing what 's the next goal? this is great we 've done that now. move on um, and for me, gratitude is something which I have to consciously practice, and my God does it work hmm. it really really does um, i I am um, uh, when I was about twenty eight so about a year before I started writing this book and I talk about this very openly, some people choose not to, Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I entered into a 12-step recovery program Mm -hmm. and uh, i had gone through some some, um, alcohol issues in in my life and I decided to take the step and fix that and, you know, I remember hearing this in these meetings time and time and time again, gratitude, gratitude, write a gratitude list, practice gratitude and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I've got real troubles. it's everyone going on about gratitude for you know <laughs> I, I i need my credit card debt paid off and you know i need to be able to sort out this habit that i've got and i need this that and the other and what i didn't realize was the the, the power that comes with simply saying this is enough in what it is and thank you you know thank to wh- whoever or, or, or whomever that may be you're thanking um but the act of gratitude is something which is which i have found has brought me abundant pleasure in my life and I forget about it constantly and I have to remind myself, you know, this is pretty good. You you should practice a bit of gratitude in this and the minute that I do, um, I'm in a different headspace. I'm in a better headspace, a cleaner headspace and a more joyful headspace. So I think if anything in this book um, speaks to me today and it all still speaks to me um, because it's all true in my life, Um, but that chapter on gratitude is something which practically it's like a lot of things, Rick, isn't it? We, yep. it's the most simple things that we poo-poo that we don't think work are often the most profound, you know. And I think that's true for me of that chapter on gratitude, and I, I go back to it again and again. You know,
1: it's incredibly powerful um, insights about your own life and some of the struggles that you've. Um, shared with us. So I, I can't thank you enough. Now, uh, John, I'd love to talk about, you know, it seems to me that you've grown humble um, in all of this. Do you do you find yourself um, giving back more nowadays?
0: I think this book was an attempt to do that. Of course. Um, I sat on this book for a decade. Oh, wow. It sat on, uh, yeah, it sat on a manuscript and, and laterally it sat on, a, a, on a, a memory stick for a long time. And twice I had come close to publishing it. When I first wrote it, I had a, a very impressive literary agent attached to it in London, and um, you know it was it was all ready to go ahead. And and then my mother died, and I pulled away from it. Mm-hmm. And then in twenty fifteen, I looked at it again, and and I you know I was I was too busy, I wasn't ready to do it, and so I pulled away from it again. And so I think if anything, the coronavirus crisis made us all think, you know. What can I do? You know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. You know, we have a first minister in Scotland. You know, I'm not the first minister. I'm. I'm not the president of America. I'm not the prime minister of, of Great Britain. I don't wield any power. Um, I'm not a billionaire, so I. You know, I can't hand hundreds of millions to to the the medical services to help them. So, you know, I I did, I did register with the NHS as a volunteer, but I think so many people did, Mm -hmm. there was never a phone call, you know, so you can feel a bit helpless, I think, during times like this. Um, And that's where the idea of sort of publishing it came from. I thought, okay, this I can do, this I can do. If ever the world needed a book like this right now, you know, the uncertainty that's around the the sense of helplessness that is you know, if i'm feeling it everyone else is feeling it as oh, well yeah. um you know so if anything the release of this book at this time was prompted by a desire to kind of do my bit you know that dunkirk spirit of you know what, what, what can i do you know that's practical and that makes a difference in people's lives um and so so there is that um and you know yeah sure there's you know, i try and do as much charity work as i i sort of can and um, I try to be as, as decent a, a human being as I can, but but I think for now, for this period in time where, where we are so self-isolated from one another, there's less scope for the interpersonal, which is a shame. You yeah. know, there's a lot of really lonely people out there right now, and I'm oh, very yeah. pleased when you said that you felt that there was a voice there speaking to you, because I hope if anyone picks this book up, and I urge people to do so. If anyone picks this book up and finds that there is not only advice in there, but companionship in that book at a time when we are probably more lonely as a society than we've ever been um, and really starved of touch and and uh, companionship and camaraderie and all that kind of stuff, then the book's kind of done its job. Yeah, know? absolutely. Thank you. It's wonderful feedback.
1: Um, uh, it's making me feel uh, a range of emotions. You know, I'm I'm all about helpful helpful people helpful people helping people. I'll get it out in a minute. And you know, I think through <laughs> the, through this book, it's certainly achieving that goal. Now, is this a, this is uh, only one of many parts? How many parts to this are there?
0: At the moment, I'm envisaging uh, three volumes, possibly a fourth. But at the moment, I'm envisaging three. I'm about ninety percent. Uh, done on the second volume and then it will go into um a redraft stage and then editing stage and i I would like to think that i'm hoping to have that out for january of next year i'm hoping fingers crossed um but it's um it's yeah it's because i I get a lot out of writing this it's you know i'd love to say it was entirely altruistic but i really enjoy doing it Mm yeah rick i I enjoy it And and i i get pleasure out of it and and not just the act of writing but you know the act of there's an element of, of philosophy to this book, and I, and I I love the act of, of of in my head sort of working through these issues and thinking, you know, what what does that mean and how does that apply in reality and how can I take the ephemeral and make it practical and you know so there's a there's an element of this monkey puzzle about it for me as well that I really enjoy, um, so it's um, it's something that I. I it could go on and on, I suppose. If if people liked it and people and people want more of it, then there's no reason why it shouldn't extend beyond three volumes, but three is what I have planned at the moment. Fantastic.
1: Now, this is um, one of the core reasons, John, why I love having authors on the show. I've got a very special place in my heart for those who are willing to put pen to paper and share their life's experiences, and this book certainly does that. It's a, it's a wonderful book. Um, piece of work. Thank you so very much for writing it. Now, uh, John, uh, importantly, when people want to get their hands on this wonderful book, where are they going to find it?
0: So at the moment it's um, available through Amazon. Um, it's available on ebook and it's also available as a, as a, as a physical copy as well and um, it's called Letters to My Former Self. Um, Letters to My Former Self and you'll, as I say, you'll find it on Amazon, whichever country you're in so amazon.com or amazon.co.uk or, or whatever it is you're in you'll obviously have your own uh, version of amazon and you would need to log into the, the version for your country to be able to get it um, but it, it's downloadable immediately if you if you you know you enjoy um, reading things on the, the kindle or the i think the the nook is another one yes. there's quite a lot of these these, <laughs> these reading um, readers modern, yeah modern appliances now um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still a fan of of, um, of 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 paper myself but you know i know that people swear by these things i do have one i very seldom use it though um, and uh, you can also have my my preference um, which is a physical copy as well um, the forward is written by patty Clare, who's a, a very famous actress in this country she's in her longest running soaps called coronation street and um, she's a, a deeply spiritual and, and very, very wise person herself. I've known her for many years. She's a very good friend of mine. Amazing. And She's written the foreword. So it's, um, so yeah, if you wanna get it, pop onto Amazon and uh, in your uh, your relevant country and you'll be able to find it under letters to my former self.
1: Incredible, thank you so much, John. Now everybody who's on the show with us today, you can just tell by uh, the conversation we've just had that this is a, a book that you must get your hand on, uh, especially now given uh, I guess the tumultuous times we're going through right now, um, no matter where you find this interview, I will be uh, doing my darndest to make sure the links back to John's wonderful book is available to you. And with all that being said, John, I have had an incredible time with you on the My Future Business Show today.
0: Thank you very much. it been an absolute pleasure, Rick. Thanks for
1: having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe Leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.